0: Good morning, good morning to those of you here, those who are online, and yes, we are glad that 2020 is over. Brian Rose did remind me, though, that since the calendar is turning 21, that the, we must watch out that he might start drinking. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty bad, too, but I, anyway, all right. We're looking at John fifteen. I've, you can't even listen to me preach now, can you? <laughs> an image, an image can say more about a subject than a thousand words. An image can say more about a subject than a thousand words. For example, news reported that in Victoria, Canada, there was a uh, junior high where 12-year-old girls were beginning to use lipstick. They would go in the bathroom between classes. They'd put on lipstick. That's not a problem. They were still on time to class. What was a problem is that they would take their lips and push them up against the mirror, leaving a mark. Um, Each evening, the janitors would come in. They would clean the mirrors. Each morning, the headmaster would give a warning to the students. And the next day... There would be more kissy marks on the mirror. They played this dance for about three days, and then finally the janitor brought all the young girls into the bathroom and said very carefully to them, you must understand that our janitorial staff is having to spend more time cleaning up what you were doing, and I thought what I would do is show you how they clean so that you would know the effort that they're putting into this. So one of the janitors stepped forward with one of those long-handled squeegees and he took it and he plunged it into the toilet (laughs) and then began to clean the mirror. There were no more kissy marks on the mirrors from that point on. An image speaks a thousand words. Jesus wants his followers to remember what it means to abide in him. So he tells a story from the vineyard. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. May these words be your words. And for all the words this morning, oh God, that I don't speak, fill in the gaps that your word may be spoken to every heart this day, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus' image of the vine, the vine grower, and the branches is a simple image. It, um, we may not know it as well as his listeners on that particular day, but they all knew what it meant to raise grapes and to make wine. It was embedded into their culture. And so when Jesus begins to talk about uh, the vine, the branches, and the vine grower, their ears perked up. I am the vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Books have been written. It's simple, and yet books have been written on this, particularly over the last 150 years to understand the complexities of what Jesus is saying and the depth of what he's sharing with us about what it means to be connected with Jesus Christ, the life giver. Jesus knew that uh, his listeners would understand that the quality of the fruit and the quality of their existence would be directly related to the vine. That's the way it is. In, In grape growing and in wine... It all starts with the vine. If the vine has the high quality, then the grapes are going to have high quality. If the vine is not, so it goes. So Jesus shares not only about the vine, but he says these words. I am the true vine. Jesus admits that there's other vines, other ways to live where we can attempt to discover temporary personal fulfillment. However, Jesus is quick to point out that all other efforts and adventures fall short of what he offers when we abide in him. Jesus doesn't deny other vines. He just simply and emphatically states that he is the only true way. And that his fulfillment was permanent and eternal. We were made in the image of God. The scriptures are clear about this. And through abiding with Jesus, we become all that God has made us to be. We can stop there if we want to in terms of the image of the vine. But Jesus goes on. He says, Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches... Excuse me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Now, these two verses are two of the most debated within the passage. What is Jesus talking about here? At first, they seem to indicate difficulty, pain, and maybe even punishment. To be removed and to be pruned? Oh, I don't know that I like that. What's he talking about here? When we take a look at what John is really trying to share with us about the words of Jesus, he uses the Greek word ariel. Areo, which is translated removed here, and it is translated removed, literally means to raise up or to lift. In the case of a vineyard, when a vine is sick or withering, it falls to the ground and when it is on the ground it can't bear fruit and so the vine grower comes and lifts it up and ties it up trying to save the branch Ariel to lift doing all that the vine grower can to save the branch this is not a a statement of judgment this is a statement of god's love for us and concern that he is willing to go to what to whatever it to whatever it takes to save us further the greek word kathario which is translated prune also means to clean and to remove impurities um the cleansing of, and, and connects that cleansing with his word. That as we become more intimate with the words of Jesus, our, our lives, our actions, our direction, our, uh, our, our, our passion, our desires, become more in line. They become cleansed. They become pure. And Jesus' listeners knew Jesus' listeners knew that healthy branches that were groomed and cleaned were the ones that produced the most. They were the healthiest. He goes on in verse 4. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. This is the heart of what Jesus is saying. In fact, what what we see in the Gospel of John is that this is at the heart of what John wants us to see about Jesus. John uses the word translated, abide, 40 times in his gospel. Meno, abide, more literally, to remain with, to become one. To abide in Christ means to acknowledge who Jesus is to yourself and to our world and to others. In chapter 14, we hear these words of Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Now, we actually get criticized for this passage. That we are exclusive. That we, are, that we have pushed others aside. But no, what we're saying here is that Jesus is unique. There is no other like Jesus there is no other that measures up to the power and significance that he offers to us through, through God. There is none other that compares. We may try, but none will compare. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity states this about Jesus and the exclusivity of Jesus. He says, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says that he's a poached egg, or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else he is a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God, but let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. Oh, Jesus uh, was neither madman, liar, a myth. He. Really was and is the Son of God. And as we abide in Him, we find life. In verse 5, Jesus continues. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. When Jesus uses the phrase, apart from me, He's a it's, it's a phrase that means a loss of alignment, like, like with our car, you know, when the, when, when the front wheels don't align, and, and we have to continually be pulling it back between the lines. Jesus is offering to give us life, just like the vine offers life to the branches, to align our direction. To align our passion, to align our decision making, to align um, our thoughts. For Jesus can transform our hearts, our spirits, our minds, our emotions. Jesus can take the broken down heart and life and align it to his, to his wholeness and purpose. With these words, Jesus invites us to experience him with all of our being. This is not, okay, this is not something that you stick your toe into and and hope to get results. This is all or nothing, friends. It is all or nothing. All or nothing. He invites us. To accept Him as Lord, and to me, it's it's one of the other images that I like to use is is the one of a broken bone, a shattered bone, and a doctor uses a uh, 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 a fusion where he takes the pieces of the bone and mixes them together to put that bone back together, and and as the bone fuses together, it becomes it becomes a new bone. And that bone is stronger than the one before. As we abide in in Jesus, as our connection with Jesus gets stronger, so we get stronger. And we, we begin to take on as the branch the qualities of the vine until one day... Maybe one day, those around us, ourselves, will not be able to tell where one starts and the other stops. Wouldn't that be incredible to be like Jesus? To be like Jesus. Verse 6 Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Wow. When we first read this, it sounds like punishment, doesn't it? Instead, as any vine grower knows, when the branch is separated from the vine, it dies. Now, the vine grower is going to do all that the vine grower can to keep the branch connected to the vine. But there are circumstances that come along. Wind, animals that might move through the vineyard. There are other same circumstances that might, might break or bend or, or, or cause a strain between the branch and the vine. And when that happens, the, the branch dies, what Jesus is trying to say to us is that do all that you can because we can make a decision. We are not like the inert branch that, that comes and is part of a vineyard. We can make a decision to, to move ourselves closer to Jesus, to grab a hold of the vine more tightly so that the vine through Jesus Christ might grab a hold of us more tightly so that there are no conditions there are no circumstances there is nothing before us there is no year nor month nor day that can separate us from the vine we are one this is jesus is not speaking of punishment but rather of consequences when we get separated from Jesus and then finally, he closes this analogy with if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you my father is glorified in this that you bear much fruit and become my disciples so that your wish for whatever you wish it will be done for you. Hmm. You got any wishes unfulfilled? Uh-huh. I'll bet you do, don't you? Do you share them with anybody? Do you think that's what Jesus is talking about here? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, that's not what Jesus is talking about. When Jesus says, ask for whatever you wish, and then it will be done for you. It's not a magic formula. That, that's not what Jesus is talking about. It is an affirmation of what happens to us when we become fully and completely connected, when we are totally in that abide in the vine. For in that, in that moment... Our desires are Jesus' desires. Jesus' wishes are our wishes. We are one. And, and so for Jesus to say, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you, he's basically saying that you will wish, you will think, you will, you will see as I see. There will be no distinction between the two. and your life will be as God has intended it to be, full of blessing and full of the ability to overcome whatever the future might hold. As we become part of the vine, so the vine gives us new life, new purpose, and new opportunities. As the vine gives life to the branches, so we become like the vine. Now, I want to close by adding this interpretation. This is not a once and for all. This is not, okay, raise your hands, everybody that wants to be a part of the vine, and snap, it's done. It's a lifelong process. It, it, is, it is a process where we submit our, ourselves to the way of Christ through the practice of spiritual disciplines, through Bible reading, meditation, simplicity, confession, worship. That's just to name a few. It, it, when we raise our hands and say, yes, I want to abide in Jesus, it is, it is a promise to practice and to do those things that will bring us closer to Jesus Christ daily because it is a lifelong process and we look for the day when we can look at our lives and our hearts and our minds and see no difference I love Kate Munkins blog in the Presbyterian record she reminds us that abiding in Christ is everlasting Ongoing, pregnant, ready to give birth, and life-giving. This was the genius of John Wesley. For he possessed this keen insight into the reality of a continual and progressive walk of holiness. For Wesley, to bride in Jesus, there may be a floor... Hopefully there's a floor for which we can sink no lower. But there will be no ceiling. There will be no limit to what our lives can become. There will be nothing that will hold us back from growth. As we abide in, in Jesus through a lifelong process, the potential is more than we can ever imagine for ourselves. Jesus calls us to abide in him. And so, this year, let us allow Jesus to align our lives to his life. This year, let us admit our sin. Let us admit our brokenness. Let us admit our separation and put away all those things that separate us from God. This year, let let us allow our hearts, our minds, our souls to be bonded to Jesus. This year, let us rejoice that we are being remade into the image of Jesus. This year, let us... love for us can be. For in Jesus, there is everlasting life that starts today, that starts today.